0: Section 22 of the Roosevelt Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Roosevelt Rondon Scientific Expedition and the Telegraph Line Commission by Candido Rondon. Translated by R. G. Reedy and Edwin Murray. Third Lecture, Part 9. Such a vast subject cannot evidently be included in the review of a rapid exposition like this. We will therefore retrace our steps and reascend the course of the Guy up to its vast headwaters in the Campos de Commemoracao de Floriano. There we will see still the sources of two more rivers belonging to the hydrographical basin which we are now examining. One is the Roosevelt, and the other the Ananas, a name which had scarcely commenced to figure in the geography of Brazil when it had to be changed, through what painful misfortune we already know, in order to give place to the perpetuation of the memory of the unfortunate Lieutenant Marquez de Souza. In the lectures relative to the work of the Roosevelt-Rondon scientific expedition, we described the first one minutely with regard to the second in spite of the fact that we had not considered same in such detail we judge that all the allusions made to it in various places in these lectures and more especially in that which relates to the discovery of the river capitao cardoso are sufficient to make known the essential characteristics of its course we would still have to mention the principal episodes of the voyage so full of hardships and difficulties during the exploration which was being directed and carried out by Lieutenant Marqués de Sousa, with that great technical competency and high moral character which we all know, at least those who had the fortune of being his friends and companions of work, accustomed to admire all the acts of his professional and private life. As, however, we had the good fortune to find, in worthy friends belonging to the staff of the Journal de Comercio. Full sympathy with the desire which we nourished to bestow on the memory of our much regretted companion one of the many homages of which we recognize we are indebted, we are placed in a position to offer to the appreciation of the public, in the columns of that respected organ of the daily press of this city, a minute narrative from the diary which Lieutenant Marqués de Sousa himself had written of all the facts that formed the history of that unfortunate expedition it is unnecessary therefore to repeat here in a simple and incomplete summary the principal facts of that narrative which will be engraved in the hearts of all brazilians with the bright colours of the picture with which we know how to perpetuate the memory of those of our compatriots who dignifying and honouring human nature incorporate themselves into the eternally glorious cohort of the heroes who personify the soul of our country we can thus transport ourselves to other zones of the great wilderness which we are studying in these rapid notes let us therefore march to the south without however deviating ourselves from the meridian in which are to be found the sources of the river tenente marques de Souza. having journeyed not more than two leagues we then cross the course of a new river the ique and afterwards successively that of the Toloiri, the Doze de Otubro, the Nambicara, and the Camarare, known prior to the 1909 expedition and noted in the geographical charts as a tributary of the left bank of the Huruena, at the point corresponding to latitude 12 degrees 53 minutes 52 seconds, and longitude 16 degrees 43 minutes 2 seconds. Since that year we recognized that another river, also discovered by us and crossed in latitude 12 degrees 54 minutes 14 seconds and longitude 16 degrees 31 minutes 55 seconds, flowed to the right into the said Camarare. We named it at the time Camararezino, or in the Parisi language Socamararesa, which it still maintains. With regard to the four previously mentioned, I remained at first in doubt as to whether the Nambicaras would be the tributary of the Camarare or of the Dose de Utubro, but I was always certain that the latter received on the left bank of the Ike, and before it the Toloiri. Anyhow, what immediately was self-evident was the preponderance of the Doce de Outubro a river which descending from the opposite side to that of the principal headwaters of the Guy parana the already named Piroculuina, appeared to us to have its course independent not only of the basin of the said Guy, but also of that of the Huruena. observing that the enormous space comprised between the meridians of seventeen and nineteen degrees and the parallels of eleven and nine degrees in which the chart of pimenta bueno and others more recent figure four headwaters of the guy which we have just verified do not exist remained entirely empty we formulated the hypothesis that along it should stretch the valley of a long river of which our doze de Otubro would only be the extreme meridional portion like every reasonable hypothesis this one could and should be verified in order to carry this out I entrusted same to Lieutenant Julio Caetano Horta Barbosa, giving him as assistance the Inspector of Telegraphs, Francisco Mascarenas, Joaquim Sol, and five regional volunteers of the Fifth Battalion of Engineers. The expedition left from the highest headwaters of the Ique and the surroundings of the portion of the telegraph line laid between Villena and Jose Bonifacio at a point in which the river presented a width of five metres and an average depth of fifteen centimetres and a discharge per second of two thousand two hundred twenty two litres by the plan previously drawn out the journey should be made by land along the river up to the point where it should become favourable for navigation but as the men for the axe-cutting work were not as numerous as this hard work exacted for the felling of trees in the virgin forest necessary in order to give passage to the pack-animals lieutenant julio caetano was obliged to commence the transport by water before the ique became navigable thus in july nineteen twelve the voyage commenced by land and from august fourth onward was carried out partly in canoes and partly on foot but immediately the possibility offered itself the expedition embarked and thus came out at the city of Santarem in para having taken close on five months from the day on which they had interned themselves in the forest the essential result of the expedition was to destroy the hypothesis which had been formulated with regard to the course of the doze de Outubro because the Ike, after receiving the waters of a few rivers, inclined itself still further towards the east, and thus flowed until it met it. A little after this union, the Doce de Otubro entered into the Camarare, whence its waters are taken to the Juruena, Tapajos, and therefore to the Amazon if we now wish to have an idea of the enormous amount of energy which had to be displayed by the young officer of our army to conduct to a good end this formidable campaign of five months of struggle against the brutal resistance of the hard and threatening nature of the wilderness through which he had to take his men we will proceed to read a few topics of the report which he himself made on the march of his expedition after telling you how he constructed his first two canoes on the banks of the Ike, both of cedar wood, with a length of little less than ten meters and a width of the first fifty centimeters and the other forty, he says, quote, Right in the first days I verified that of the advantages with which I had counted, descending the river embarked, only one remained to me which however justified by itself alone the resolution which i took the facility of transportation the progress of the work continued to be very small and it even happened that we came down to three hundred fifty metres of advancement in a whole day of tireless effort the work of the axe did not diminish and on the contrary it became more hard because it had to be carried out mostly in water the river extraordinarily blocked with very sharp curves afforded with difficulty a passage for the canoes and numerous waterfalls obliged us almost daily to discharge the baggage and transport same on our shoulders below the rapids retarding our journey and making it still more troublesome at the waterfall we had to pass the canoes by hand now over the stones now over rollers, and even at times we had to take them out of the water. These obstacles alone, quite natural to the service which I was commencing, but which I had not foreseen due to want of experience, justify that working all day long, with the greatest effort, we did not attain an average of one kilometer per day during the first month of the service. Besides this, sickness and accidents cropped up on the eighteenth of august i had one of my workmen inutilized as he had wounded the big toe of his right foot with a stroke of the axe which almost severed it in two it being necessary to amputate it which i had done with a gillette blade for the want of a better instrument before the wound healed another man suffered the same mishap the most serious was however that which occurred on the twenty-second of september the victim being a man who was cutting a palmito for our evening meal and he did this so unfortunately that he was knocked down by the palm tree which caused internal ruptures of which he died six days afterwards that is on the twenty-eighth of september carrying this unfortunate companion of toil with every care it was possible to bestow upon him in the situation in which we found ourselves we buried him at the spot where he died and over his grave we placed a cross with an inscription. Our party, therefore, became reduced to seven men including myself, and of the workmen only one, the regional volunteer Manuel Pedro Gonsalves, was well. Quote. Now let us see a few parts of the description which Lt. Julio Caetano makes of the natural aspects of the river explored. Quote, the Ike, he says, flows in the wood for twenty kilometres, where the Campos indigenous commence to appear on the right firstly. At twenty-seven kilometres they occur also on the left. These camps sometimes depart from and sometimes approach the banks, scarcely ever meeting the river. Its bed is stony all along, and the banks, now firmes, now marshy, are abundant with palm trees, principally Anaha, Buridi, Urakuri, Tukum, Patua, Asahi, Bacaba, Pacheuba, etc., according to the nature of the soil. It is poor in rubber trees. We met, however, with a few here and there, but there are sufficient cedar, guanandi, favero, hatoba, pau-brazil, Suviera, etc., on its banks, Salsa Perilla and a lot of Canganja are to be found. The Campos indigenas extend downstream, and crossing same at nearly twenty four kilometers, we came across a cerrado extending out of sight. After referring to various important features of the river, affluents, waterfalls, and rapids, whose technical elements were conveniently noted, and the occurrences of the voyage such as shipwreck loss of baggage and food and also of one of the canoes lieutenant julio Caetano gives an account in the following words of the entrance of the ike into the camarare and of the latter into the Huruena. Quote, at two hundred twenty seven kilometres from the point of embarkation the ike having then almost thirty metres width discharges its waters into the doze de Otubro, which has from eighty to one hundred meters width and flows in the direction of sixty degrees southwest. Following same, eighteen hundred meters below is to be found the river Camarare, which has approximately one hundred twenty meters of width and comes in the direction of ninety degrees west. Here commence the large forests of Indians, which follow the whole course of the river up to the Huruena and is to be found 267,400 metres away from the point of our departure. In order to finish these rapid allusions to the voyage of reconnaissance of the Ike, we shall still transcribe a topic of the report made by Lt. Julio Caetano, treating of the Indian inhabitants of all the explored region. On the 31st of October, date of our arrival at the Juruena, we had the pleasure of meeting the nambikara indians it was about 930 a.m. when we heard in the woods the noise of people throwing themselves off the trees and running i immediately ordered the canoe to be moored to the opposite bank we shouted to the indians showing them axes beads and cotton thread soon two of them appeared and i called them up showing them the presents at first they hesitated but afterwards they crossed the river and came to meet us. The pleasure which we all felt at meeting the Nambicaras is indescribable. They seemed to us as friends expected after a long absence. The joy they showed at meeting us was not less than ours. They told us that they had come from afar and that they were going to Campos Novos.' in order to cross the river one of them placed under his arms two thin floaters made out of the buriti palm while the other attaching himself firmly to the feet of the former was towed by him to the place where we were we afterwards crossed over taking one in our canoe the other swam clinging to her bows on the bank where they were at first then appeared other indians men and women who gave us tobacco honey and necklaces in exchange for what we had given them. When we proceeded on our navigation, one of the latter followed us along the woods, advising others of our approach. A little lower down, where we halted for breakfast, others came to meet us, a man with his wife and a youth, and further down still we met others. To all of them I distributed presents." Quote. From the summary of the narrative above described, it can be inferred that if a person should leave from the madeira into the interior of the woods ascending the course of the guy parana or of the roosevelt with the decision to reach the most easterly headwaters of any one of these rivers he would finally arrive at the meridian of seventeen degrees between parallels thirteen degrees and twelve degrees and could even cross it a few minutes further east however once he should have arrived there however little he should advance further east he would immediately commence to find waters taking the courses inscribed in the quadrant of northeast the basin of the madeira would therefore be ended and that of the tapajos commenced as a line of division of the two basins we can take the meridian of the Valena station which is the same as that of via bea if the explorer should wish to proceed on his journey from this point by descending as far as the huruena and then departing from its right bank as much as might be necessary in order to attain the farthest point of all those which mark the headwaters of the eastern catchment of the basement of the Tapajos, he would see his wish satisfied only when having come to the end of a journey of approximately one thousand kilometres he would arrive in the vicinity of the spot whence the hingu emanates. The fact is that the Tapajos is like a prodigious vine, whose trunk advances into the interior of the lands from a point before the parallel of three degrees up to a spot more than halfway between those of fourteen degrees and of fifteen degrees, throwing off to one and the other side powerful branches, some extending beyond the meridian of sixteen degrees and others longer more numerous and stronger which from the opposite side almost succeed in touching on the meridian of eleven degrees if we consider the enormous area invaded and covered by the network generated by these branches which in their turn also divide and subdivide themselves into branches and subbranches and if we remember that in them the movement of the water occurs in a contrary sense to that which occurs in the real vines we shall see that the Tapajos, as a collector of the feeders of so vast a region must necessarily assume that status full of majesty which assures to it a distinguished place among the largest rivers of the world this majesty if it contributed to consolidate the fame which since colonial days is attributed to the name of the great tributary of the amazon it was not however a sufficient stimulus for some of those enterprising spirits who have devoted themselves to the study of the geography of our country to decide to carry out a scientific exploration of the whole of its course the telegraph lines commission was to bear the brunt of making up for such a failing not only in regard to the Tapajos itself but also in respect to its most important tributaries of the right bank for a realization of the first part of the program a scientific expedition was organized in nineteen eleven under the direction of captain manuel teofilo de costa pinero assisted by the botanist frederick owen and dr murillo de campos on the twenty eighth of december having terminated the necessary preparations for the voyage the members of the expedition fourteen in number took their places in five canoes and commenced to descend the Hurawena, leaving the place where it is cut by the telegraph line track a spot which we reached for the first time in nineteen o seven and since nineteen o eight we have occupied with a military detachment alas how many deep modifications had taken place in this corner of the great wilderness which in those years we had found emerged in the most absolute and hostile savagery the same inhabitants of those then mysterious lonesome spots who had received us in warlike attitude and so ignorantly repelled into audacious assaults the friendship which we offered them are now here represented by a group of the so-called Cocoses, who had come to assist in the last arrangements of our expeditionary column They are no longer the hard warriors of those days, but, yes, trusting friends who were desirous of participating in the risks and the dangers which we were about to face for the first time in the descent of this famous river, whose access they had formerly defended with such staunch bravery. Unfortunately, the total absence of accommodation of which the small craft was suffering, already excessively overcharged with quantities of baggage, provisions, implements, and engineering instruments, obliged us to refuse the request which they made to accompany us. Afterwards, already on the voyage, the members of the expedition had further occasion of finding themselves in the midst of other groups of the formerly so much feared Nambikara nation. Quote, every now and again says captain costa pinero in his report on this expedition on both banks of the river we noticed large openings in the woods which indicated their plantations to us landing stages on both sides of the river corresponding to one another primitive rafts bundles of burrity palm leaves bound together on which they used to cross from one side of the river to the other finally we even found their war implements on the thirty first of December, a little before midday, I was at the mouth of the Huina taking observations from the sun when I heard on the opposite bank some yells. I listened attentively and distinguished the word anawe, repeated incessantly. There was no doubt they were Nambikaras. We all went to the bank of the river and saw some of them completely naked always crying out on a way, and showing us corn cobs. Perfectly understanding their intention towards us, I manned a canoe and sent it to the other bank. As the canoe drew near, some of them hid in the woods, but four of them came to receive us, handing us some corn cobs. In retribution of this, we gave them some hatchets, the sole gifts which we had with us. They were extremely satisfied." besides the nambicaras captain piniero also referred to the apiacas it is as well to read out some passages of what the distinguished officer had to say at the time in order that we may lift a little of the edge of the veil which hides from our sight the most inner localities of the territory of our country of the apiacas writes captain piniero whom we were sure we would meet in the salto Augusto we could not even see traces in short only at the revenue office of mato grosso at sao manuel did we succeed in meeting the first apiacas already then almost civilized it was in talking with the mato grosso tax collector and other persons of the locality that i came to learn how the apiaca indians had disappeared from salto augusto and other points of the sao Manuel the revenue office of mato grosso was established in nineteen o two the first collector was mr tomas carnero who commenced his administration by entering immediately into a quarrel with the apiacas and persecuted them cruelly so many were the punishments and ill-treatments inflicted on the indians not only by himself but also by his brother ernesto carnero commander of the detachment of police that their revenge was not long in coming with the intention of taking a just revenge the apiacas assembled one day in the neighbourhood of this place and in the dead of night without being suspected penetrated into the revenue office and killed the collector and his brother in order to take the place of mr tomas carniero mr fabio ferrer was appointed and the latter continued with a series of persecutions against the indians stating that he wished in this way to avenge the death of his predecessor once he caused the apiacas to be invited to take coffee the indians in good faith while rather suspicious accepted the invitation and when they were in the Baracao store taking that beverage mr ferrer availing himself of the detachment at the service of the revenue office which had been previously equipped and prepared Ordered them to fire, thus killing nearly all of them. A woman was the only survivor. To this day, anyone going to the Revenue Office can see, right in front of a Barra Cow store, which once served as the barracks, the place where they were all buried in one grave. After this feat, Mr. Ferrer assembled nearly one hundred men, between rubber tappers and the personnel of the Revenue Office and conducted an assault against an old maloca which existed at the old cachuera de sao florencio the assault took place very early when the apiacas were yet inside their maloca and as the indians frightened by the fire came running out gesticulating and crying out exclamations they were received with shots few of them escaped to this day whoever may pass by the Cachoeira de sao florencio can see already faded the signs of this work of dismantlement and destruction mr fabio frere was substituted by mr antonio gomez de lima who remained there for about three years having been considered by all as a good tax collector he was substituted by mr Paulo correa who continued the persecution of the apiacas and committed all sorts of violence against the rubber tappers he prohibited in an irrevocable manner the apiacas from descending the river so far as sao manuel those who transgressed his orders were severely punished finally the persecutions against the apiacas and the rubber tappers assumed such proportions that one day mr paulo correa was assassinated by his own followers he was substituted by mr sotero barreto who re-established normal conditions and inaugurated an era of peace and prosperity for the revenue station as it is easy to surmise the apiacas pressed hard persecuted and subject to the violent treatment of the civilized people interned themselves into the forests and abandoned the banks of the huruena the few of them who remained nearer in contact with the rubber tappers returned to the revenue station and are now there up to this day content with the protection which is offered them by the collector when i went by there at the end of february of the current year that is to say of nineteen twelve there were at the revenue station thirty-two apiaca indians composed of sixteen women seven men and nine children quote. as we can infer from these words of captain pinero the persecutions and violent treatment used against the undefended apiacas by various public officials of the state of Mato grosso on the tapajos transposed the limits of the most wanton barbarity and the hardest cruelty but however dark this picture may appear to us it is well to know that it is yet wanting in many other tones no less tetrical than the former beginning with the baseness of the intentions which prompted the revenue collector Paulo correa and his predecessors to commit such violence and atrocity the purpose was to rob the indians of their wives besides the apiacas the expedition for the study of the Tapajos also met the Mundurucus, some of whose villages were built at the mouth of the Sao tome others and in the majority exist on the river kururu extending along the camps called capepi uat they live there on the resources which they are able to provide by means of their small plantations assisted with the elements they obtain out of their magnificent forests the actual number of these indians is estimated at about two thousand souls the male portion being considerably greater than the female in the settlements of the capepi uat the franciscan friars hugo and luis Meus have just built a small chapel covered with pindoba leaves the two priests however were not present at the time that the botanist hohen and dr murillo de campos visited the place we can resume the other work done by the expedition under captain pinero by stating that it effected the rapid survey of the river from the telegraph station of Huruena up to sao manuel it calculated the discharge of the principal tributaries it determined the altitude of the different points of greater importance, as also the coordinates of the mouths of the Huina, Camarare, Papagayo, Sangue, and Arinos, of the famous and beautiful Salto Augusto, and of the mouth of the São Manuel, a river which had become celebrated in the chronicles of the expeditions for the study of the territory of our country, by the sad fact of the tragic death of Captain Tellus Pires, who in eighteen eighty nine had undertaken to explore it accompanied by a friend and distinguished companion the engineer of our army oscar de miranda as a just but tardy homage to the illustrious memory of this unfortunate officer who lost his life in the midst of the hard work which he had commenced and with which he was proceeding animated only by the thought and the desire of contributing to the aggrandizement of his beloved country i submit to the appreciation of the brazilian geographers the idea of naming this river captain Pires, and as sad fatality had fixed forever the ties which friendship and good comradeship had established between this officer and his illustrious companion of work and of suffering associating the two names so intimately that it is not now possible for any one to remember one without immediately having the other before him i propose further that the waterfall where the sad shipwreck took place be called after the name of oscar de miranda the future of this modest remembrance but most sincere and still more merited homage would certainly be very precarious if in order to help it and recommend it to the appreciation of my co-citizens one should not have to count with the resolution of the wish of a worthy collectivity generally respected in the circles in which it should have to be launched and cultivated until it produced the fruits expected of it fortunately however we others admirers of the names of which we intend to make a cult can appeal to the geographical society of rio de janeiro asking it to adopt as its own this double proposal and to protect it with the same kindness and fervour which it dispensed to the organisation of that bold undertaking, born of the civic enthusiasm which, in the years nearest to the advent of the Republic, inflamed the souls of the youth of our army and irradiated from same, causing to spring up associations of such beauty as that of the Triumvirate formed by Captain Tellus Pires with the lieutenants, which they were at that period, oscar de miranda and Jimeno villaroy full of hope that the support asked for will not fail us and convinced that it once at large will immediately secure the victory which is desired we shall no longer refer to the feeder of the tapajos under any other name than the river Telas pires Another important result of Costa Piniero's expedition has yet to be considered by us in regard to the mouth of this river, and the comparison of its volume with that of the Arinos and of the Huruena. The first discoverers of the Tapajos and its immediate navigators considered it as being formed from part of the trunk comprised from the mouth in the Amazon, up to a point in which this trunk divides itself into two branches one which continues in the general direction of the previous course and the other whose bed one sees laying in a sense most accentuatedly deviated to the east to this last in olden times the denomination of tres barras or sal manuel was given this is our tellas pires the other received the name of huruena and with it continued as far as the upper headwaters in the Chapadao Plateau dos Parecis, the dwellers on the banks of the Tapajos, consulted by Captain Costa Pinheiro, still conserve this tradition. For them, the Tapajos commences at the confluence of the Huruena with the Teles Pires. The modern geographers, however, accepted Pimenta Bueno's theory, published in his map of Mato Grosso. Which consists in making the name of Huruena die at the mouth of the Arinos, the Tapajos, therefore, figuring as the result of the concourse of the waters which descend united from that mouth as far as the Amazon. A similar modification, which contradicts the historic tradition to be found in the chronicles of the two past centuries, and the indications of a riparian population and of all the navigators, ancient and modern are not supported by any reason of an order superior to these elements. At the point in which the Huruena receives the Arenos, Captain Pinero verified its discharge to be 1,975 cubic metres, its bed having a width of 1,080 metres. The measurements did not give, for the discharge of the Arenos, more than 1,283 metres and the width of 734 metres. Comparing these elements, it is easily seen that there is no reason for these two rivers to be considered there equal to one another. The power of one does not present itself in conditions to be utilised by the other so as to give place to the appearance of a new geographical feature, exacting also a new name. The direction which the Huruena took continues from there downstream. The volume is superior to that of the Arenos, therefore it is perfectly plausible to consider this as a tributary of the other which name should be conserved and prolonged at least as far as the mouth of the Pires the Tapajos is therefore formed by the union of the waters of the old sao manuel with those of the juruena the first contributes in each second for its formation with a volume of one thousand seven hundred forty seven metres cube. And the second with that of two thousand four hundred eighty-nine. In accordance with these conclusions, the real course of the river studied by Captain Costa Pinheiro, the Anaúina of the Parasis, will have an extension of almost one thousand kilometers, of which the first two hundred seven, which go from the headwaters in the Sierra dos Paracis, close to the sources of the Guaporé as far as the telegraph station in latitude of south 12 degrees 50 minutes 31.4 seconds, and longitude west of Rio de Janeiro 15 degrees 44 minutes 50.4 seconds, have not yet been surveyed or traversed. In the section of 792,872 meters, explored by Captain Pinheiro's expedition, the Juruena receives through its right bank successively from above to below, the rivers Papagayo, Sangue, and Arenos. Each one of these affluents constitutes a central collector of a secondary basin sufficiently remarkable, whose complete description can only be made after terminating, during the current year, the conjoint efforts which in this connection the Telegraph Lines Commission developed. With regard to the first of these collectors, the Papagayo, or the Sarawina. The principal headwaters rise in latitude 14 degrees 30 minutes, and in longitude 15 degrees 50 minutes, where it runs in a contrary direction to the most northerly branch of the Hauru. We saw how the reconnaissance of the part of its course, which was yet to be studied below the station of Utierity, was effected in 1914 by the Lauriodo-Fiala party of the Roosevelt-Rondon scientific expedition. On the left, and after the station of Udiariti, the Papagayo receives the Buriti, and immediately afterwards the Sauwe Uina, or the river Maracanã, with regard to which we had made the mistake in saying in the geographical conclusions of the volume already published of our report on the studies and reconnaissances, that it was the direct affluent of the Huruena. the correction which i leave here consigned is a result of the work of the above-mentioned la Fiala expedition on the right the river papagayo receives after the station of udiaridi but before the mouth of the buridi the river sacre or timolatia which comes to it engrossed by its feeder the river verde or as the parisies call it the Tarhuruina. This affluent of the Sacre marks the eastern limit of the sub-basin of the Papagayo. It did not figure in any geographical chart before the work of the Telegraph Lines Commission, and must also not be mistaken for the Agua Verde, or the Anhanaza, feeder to the Arinos, which was erroneously inscribed by Father Badariot in the sketch of a chart which accompanied his memorial entitled, the expedition of the north of Mato grosso eighteen ninety eight as one of the feeders of the hakuruina giving it the name of river verde the river curavari or kukuru inasa which in the geographical conclusions of my alluded report is described as an affluent of the right bank of the sacre was subsequently recognised by us as belonging to the second of the above-mentioned sub-basins, tributaries to the Huruena. This sub-basin has as its principal collector the river Sangay, or Sutia Haruina, which, before taking the waters of the Kravari, received through its opposite bank, that is to say, by the right of the Sakaruena, a river to which the old charts referred under the name of ina inscribing it before pimenta bueno as the tributary of the Arinos, ricardo franco himself was undecided on the face of the diverging information which he obtained on same of which some gave it as an affluent of the Huruena and others as of the Arinos, where he would arrive by means of the sumiduro end of section twenty two